stand. So right. that was great because I was listening to that, right. and that was my input. Right, right, and and so um, yeah, there's we now have the ability to surround ourselves with as much of the language as we want, literally. The combination of, of the internet with the range of, of, of language content, unless you're into some obscure language, uh, but for the main languages, there's lots of content. Uh, there's online dictionaries. I mean, there's these tremendous, tremendous resources. But still, I think uh, a couple of questions. Okay, what do you do okay. with people who say, I don't like learning languages? <laughs> Well, I'd ask them, have you ever tried? Yeah. Because, I, you know, yeah. if they say they don't like learning languages, I would ask them, what don't you like about it? I mean, I didn't like the way I was taught at school, mm -hmm. except for one teacher, my Italian teacher, who was great and who kept my love for Italian alive. The others, well, <laughs> tried almost everything to kill my love for languages anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe they have never seen uh, an enjoyable way of studying languages maybe or, they've never been motivated right i mean that would be the most positive case or ultimately if they really don't like learning languages they shouldn't do, try uh, but many of the ones who say they don't like learning them actually would like to speak in other words if i could yeah. you know just turn a switch on and be able to speak fluent italian <laughs> and go to italy you know, they say, yeah, I'd love to do that. Well, no, no, okay, but, you know, so some of it is an unwillingness, uh, you know, a certain amount of impatience, I guess. Now, what do you do, though? Okay. There are people who say, I've been studying for 10 years, yeah, and I still can't speak. Well, uh, I have quite a few friends who keep telling me that. And actually, uh, well, it very much depends on the person, I guess. Uh, first, I... I try to to ask them if they really want to speak the language. Mm -hmm. What is their motivation? Sometimes they're just you know like sent by their bosses uh, to to a language course, and they have to spend some time there. They have to spend their weekends there, and they have never really wanted to study that language. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody's really motivated and and says that he or she has been studying or trying to study that language for about ten years without having achieved any results, I would just ask them what they are doing because there must be something that they are not doing right because after 10 years, you are bound to have made some progress. And the worst thing or the saddest thing to me would be that they haven't enjoyed what they are doing because they would have like wasted a lot of time, right? Well, I mean, and, this, yeah. yeah. Th this whole issue of time, again, wasting time. I mean, I do believe there are forms of activity, of language learning activity, which are okay. relatively unproductive. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, so do I. Yeah. So so so. Uh, but the other issue is: Are people prepared to spend the time? I was at a conference in Germany yeah. some years ago, Sprache und Beruf, and okay. they had uh, done a survey of the corporate language learner in Germany, and it turns out okay. that the average corporate language learner, if they get an hour of instruction, they will spend an okay. hour on their own during the week. Okay. Now, obviously, okay. if you have one hour of instruction and one hour you put in on your own, you are not going to achieve very much. No. How much no. time do you have to spend with the language? And, and what are the well, productive ways to spend that time? I mean, the thing is, how much time do you have to spend? I can't really answer that. I just know how much time I want to spend with the language. And once I've decided to study a language, uh, well... I just spend as much time as I can. Like sometimes it's three hours, four hours a day. And it's like I use my iPod all the time. So I 
the first thing I do after I got up and after <laughs> I've showered and have had breakfast is listening to my iPod, even if I prepare for work, right? Even if I go to a conference, before I go to bed, I listen to uh, what I've on my iPod. I watch the news. I watch movies. I think if you really want to make progress and if it's a language that is fairly similar to your own language, you should at least spend about half an hour a day. And the most important thing to me is being exposed to the language. I'd say that listening is very important. I, I think reading is very important as well. And as I said in one of my videos, I think that speaking is also important. But by that, I don't mean uh, that you can't have like a conversation with a native speaker right away from day one. Uh, I wouldn't be doing that either. But I certainly would try to read and I also read a lot aloud. And I talk to myself and I would like accept any help that I get from other people that are more advanced in their language studies or from native speakers. Just like yesterday, I was talking to a Russian guy. My Russian has become very rusty. So I cannot really have like a good conversation in Russian. But still, I was talking to him. I was trying to read to him in Russian. And sometimes what we do is that he speaks to me in Russian and I answer him in German. So we both practice our languages, right? So I can still have that input and I can still have a conversation because I'm actually not just saying anything in German when I'm replying to him, but I'm actually answering, right? right. So I need to understand what he says. So that's listening and comprehension practice that I'm doing as well. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, one of the, I, I guess, an area of, of controversy to some extent. Uh, you, you, you mean know, that silent period the thing silent here? Because yeah. I had never heard about that before. And and to be honest, maybe uh, we are much closer in our approach than I thought at the beginning. Because I read some of your comments on, on the forums. And, and there was one that I especially liked, the one where you said, we all have our own ways. And you're not saying that there is like a strict number of hours that you have to remain silent. I just remembered that the first time I heard that term, I had seen a video of a of a gentleman called uh, Kanchi Keith, I think. And he was saying something that he had remained silent for about 2,000 hours. And then I was uh, watching his video. Uh, it was in Chinese. And I was amazed at how beautiful his Chinese sounded, to me at least. I'm not a native speaker. And I thought that he had wonderful pronunciation. But I was just calculating. If I have like let's say one hour or two hours a day, that would have been almost like a year or two years. Mm -hmm. And I thought by silent, he means that he never actually speaks the language, not right. even to himself, not even reading it aloud. So I didn't know that what, if I'm right, I'm not sure, maybe I'm mistaken, what he was referring to, that he was not having that conversation with a native speaker. Well, the silent so, period, the silent period, there's a number of different sort of versions of it. You have the extreme silent period people. There's a gentleman in Thailand whose name escapes me, who uh, teaches... Krashen or whatever... No, not Krashen. Stephen Krashen oh, is something okay. else. Stephen Krashen is something okay. else. Uh, the, okay. the gentleman in Thailand, uh, he proposes that for six months or nine months that uh, all of his students are not allowed to speak. Okay? And uh, his position is that if you speak too early, then you'll uh, ingrain bad habits. Uh, then you have Ken, Kanji Keith is extreme. Like I, I personally could not possibly watch two thousand hours of television no, when I don't I. understand what's going on. Like I'm not yeah. a big fan of watching stuff that I don't understand. Yeah. Um, my only position on this is that some people claim, like I'm just against the dogmatists. Some people say that you shouldn't speak 
because it could harm your language. And some people say you must speak. And I, my only position is it really doesn't matter. Uh, exactly. if, if I'm in a situation like when I was in Japan where I have the opportunity to speak, I'm going to speak from day one. But I like to speak in meaningful situations. I find that I cannot read out loud. I can do it once or twice, but it's not something, it's not an activity that I can sustain. Uh, some people well, like then you to, shouldn't do it, right? Well, exactly. And some people like to do this shadowing thing. And, and occasionally I've tried it, but I just can't sustain it. So in my own case, my preference is to focus on listening and reading which is easy to organize it's something that I can do as you say I do it when I'm doing the dishes whatever I like reading and if the opportunity presents itself then I might speak but I wouldn't for example in the case of Russian even after six months I was not that keen to deliberately seek out uh, you know language partners on the web because I would still be stumbling so badly and I would rather yeah. wait another year like in the case of Russian because I'm going at it an hour a day mm -hmm. uh, after a year yeah now I can have a conversation I don't sound like an idiot uh, so but if I were in Russia I mean every time I went to a store yeah. every time I had an opportunity you bet I'd be using it and even after a few months if here in Vancouver I overheard someone speaking Russian boy I would inflict my terrible Russian on yeah. them uh, it's fun to do that, that. sounds very reasonable but, but I recognize that it's going to be a very short hit and run uh, because I can't, after three months, I can't, I can't sustain a conversation. And it's not fair to impose yourself on someone else uh, when you haven't much to offer. Uh, if I were with a group of Russians and I went out and they're all speaking in Russian and I chime in with the occasional, you know, pass, pass the salt, you know, then I'm in yeah. that environment, that's fine. So I just feel that there shouldn't be any dogma and, and that really people should I totally do, agree. They should do what they most enjoy doing. I think the key in exactly. all of this is enjoyment. Whatever is right. natural, whatever is suits your needs, suits your inclination, uh, do those things. And then you'll end exactly. up spending enough time with the language. So we shouldn't yeah. make people feel guilty that they're not speaking. And, and the other last point is so much of traditional language teaching is built around getting the student to perform early and to perform at the behest of the teacher. And I find that is not healthy. If the, if the, teach, if the student wants to speak early, fine. If the student doesn't want to teach, leave him, uh, speak, leave, him or leave her alone. So that's kind of my position on speaking. Well, uh, I do agree with you. Uh, I'd say that if you don't feel like speaking, well, then it probably is best that you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that many people are just afraid of speaking because they're afraid of being judged.